Continuing in our seventh series today, and I wonder, what is the most ridiculous, crazy, audacious thing that you have ever prayed for? I wonder if you've ever prayed for something that you would be embarrassed to tell other people that you prayed for it because it was just totally lonely, totally off the wall, totally crazy. Well, I'm going to share one of my prayer requests with you this morning, and this is between just us kids this morning. So, when I was about 15 years old, I had this major crush on a celebrity actress. She was an American, and I'm not going to tell you who it was, because any credibility I have with you, I will lose it. So, But just know, it was a celebrity actress. And uh, I thought I was seriously in love with this woman. Uh, every time she was on TV, I'd make sure I watched it. I had a room full of posters of her. I'm not sure what my parents were even thinking of letting me have a room full of posters of her, but they did. And so I had this room full of posters for her, and uh, I was just... Uh, infatuated with this woman. And uh, I honestly, honestly thought in my feeble 15-year-old brain that one day, maybe I might meet this woman and she may fall in love with me. Now, 15 years old, I'm like this ugly middle school, like high school kid. I'm like, who's going to like, like buck teeth and everything before I like my retainers on? And, uh, <laughs> and I found myself several nights in a row praying. And I prayed for this woman. I did not pray the kind of prayer that I should have prayed because I really was concerned about the soul of this woman. But really, I should have prayed, Lord, save her soul. God, let her meet somebody who knows you. Bring her to yourself. No, 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 no. My prayer was this. God, if there is any way at all that I can meet this woman, and maybe she might, fall in love with me. And I know she's older than I am, but maybe I might marry her and then I will lead her to you. And I prayed this several nights in a row and because I just had this infatuation. Well, that woman was not Raquel, my wife. So obviously God did not answer that prayer. I look at this woman now and I'm glad God did not answer that prayer. Because I don't think I would have had a very happy marriage at all. It would have been a whole lot of fun for a couple of months, and that was probably about it. This is what I know about praying these big, audacious prayers that you would have been embarrassed to tell anybody about. Most of the time, God does not answer those prayers because there would be more harm than good to you. God knows, see the future. He was like, Alex, I have a plan for your life. That girl is not in the plan. That woman is not in the plan at all. And while most of our big, bold, hairy, audacious prayers are for selfish reasons, like mine was, there are occasions in life where we will pray a big, bold, audacious prayer and God will surprise us and God will answer that prayer. See, so often when we pray, we pray prayers that just affect us or affect people who are close to us. That They're very selfish in the way we, we see the world around us. But really, most of our prayers, especially when we get real in prayer and we pray these big, bold, audacious prayers and we're hoping God for great things, they really just center just around our little world that we live in. But what if your prayers could affect a nation? What if your prayers could affect the economy of the United States? What if your prayers 
could save a nation from its sin and bring it back into a life where God is central? What if your prayers could save the world? Now, that's a big, bold, hairy, audacious prayer. And most of us would say, well, yeah, well, we could pray those, but ultimately we can't change the world. But I'm asking you today, what if your prayers could? What if you could pray such serious big prayers and they could change the world? I think if we really understood the power of prayer and just how our requests to God can actually move mountains, then prayer would take on a whole different dynamic to us. See, this is what I know. I've been living this life of faith for 30 years. I became a Christian at eight years old, and I've had my ups and downs, but for 30 years, I've been on this journey of faith. And this is what I've noticed in those 30 years of living this journey of faith. The more you see God move in people's lives, the more you trust in the fact that prayer is effective, and there is no prayer too great for God. One of the biggest things in the whole 30 years of my Christian life that I've been living this life of faith is this, that prayer is effective and there is no prayer too great for God. So whatever your prayer is today, and I'm sure all of us, we've got prayers. We've got prayers that we want to pray that we maybe ask God for. Some of them that that you probably tell other people about. Some of them you won't want to tell anybody about. But you've all got prayers. Some of you have got small prayers. Some of you have got big prayers, big audacious prayers that you ask God for. Whatever your prayer is today, it is not too big. It is not too big. It is not too bold. It is not too audacious for God. Because did you know God can do anything? Because prayer is effective. And there is not one prayer that is too great for God. So today, we're going to talk about prayers. We're not going to talk about just a small little prayer that, that maybe we mutter along the way to help us in our lives. But we're going to talk about prayers that can change the course of history. Prayers that are so big, so bold, so audacious that it can change a nation, can change an economy, and can change the course of history. So if I was to say to you in the Bible, tell me somebody who, who saw miracles. Most of you are going to do the Sunday school answer, Jesus, right? Every answer is Jesus in Sunday school. That's what I learned from all my years of Sunday school. I'm not sure if I learned anything else, but all I know, every answer, Jesus. Past the Jesus answer, if you were to think of somebody who performed a lot of miracles or saw miracles, you probably would go between maybe Moses and Elijah, both great men of faith. Well, for the fact of what we're going to talk about today, let's focus on Elijah. Elijah was a prophet of God, meaning he heard from God, God spoke to him, and then he spoke to others what God spoke to him. That's basically the function of a prophet. He was a prophet in the time when his nation, the nation of Israel, was in spiritual depravity. 
There was a king at the time called King Ahab and his wonderful wife called Jezebel. And uh, they were leading the nation of Israel and they were anything but godly. They were moving people away from God and they were helping people to go towards false gods. They were actually declaring that people had to, to worship false gods. The, the, the number one god they worshipped was a god called Baal, B-A-A-L, which was a false god, not the one true God. And so this King Ahab was moving people away from God. And in this moment, Elijah declared that there would be a drought in the land of Israel. And as soon as he said it, it stopped raining. And the Bible says that it did not rain for three and a half years on the land of Israel. The crops withered, the economy went bust, people went hungry, people were starving, but still in this three and a half years of no rain at all, people still did not turn back to God and worship God. They still tried to worship their false gods. But it was in this moment, in this time, that Elijah started to see some amazing things. The Bible tells us that ravens came to feed him. Not Joe Flacco and his crew, but actual ravens that fly came to feed him. I'm not sure if I would like that. You know, I'm, I, I like to wash my hands if I touch any kind of animals or anything. A raven coming and bringing me food out of his mouth. Like, I don't even like drinking out the same cup as my son, you know? But a raven, I'm like, that's kind of crazy. I do it because I'm a good dad, but I really don't like that. I'm like, you know. (laughs) But ravens came to feed him, and he saw God do some amazing things. Then one day, he met a widow whose son had died, and through the small act of a little bit of oil and some flour, he proved to this widow that God is not only a provider, but God is a healer and God can raise people from the dead. He saw God on top of a mountain where all these religious leaders came against him, worshiping their false gods. He saw God show his power and authority to the whole nation of Israel. Elijah saw some pretty incredible things. And this is where we want to pick up the story today. Just after he's had this amazing moment on this mountaintop where God showed his power and authority to the nation. If you've got your Bibles, if you want to turn to 1 Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings chapter 18. And we're going to start reading at verse 41. And I'm going to read through to the end of the chapter. If you haven't got your Bibles, you can follow on the screen. And this is what it says. Then Elijah said to Ahab, go get something to eat and drink. For I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. So Ahab, who was the king, went to, eat, went to eat and drink. But Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel, bowed low to the ground, and prayed with his face between his knees. Then he said to his servant, go and look out towards the sea. The servant went and looked, then returned to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything. Seven times Elijah told him to go and look. Finally, the seventh time, his servant told him, I saw a little cloud the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. Then Elijah shouted, hurry to Ahab and tell him, climb into your chariot and go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. 
As soon as the sky was black with clouds, the heavy wind brought a terrific rainstorm and Ahab left quickly for Jezreel. Then the Lord gave special strength to Elijah. He tucked his cloak into his belt and he ran ahead of Ahab's chariot all the way to the entrance of Jezreel. So it has not rained for three and a half years. And now Elijah's thinking it's time to rain. The time has come for the rain to come on the land. As you read through Elijah's life, you start to think that this man had a secret formula to get God to do things. Because it seems whenever he prayed, whenever he asked for something, God did something amazing. Elijah's life was a strange one. I mean, anyone who was fed by ravens, you know they've got a strange life. But Elijah's prayers were strange ones as well. And the miracles Elijah saw were strange ones. In fact, as you look at Elijah's life, you can start to think, well, I cannot relate to this guy at all. This guy is almost like a fictional character in the Old Testament, almost like a superhero who could do whatever he wanted. I can't relate to that. I'm just an average guy or an average girl. I'm just, I'm just someone who just works a nine-to-five job or, 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 or someone who stays at home with the kids. I can't relate to Elijah at all. It's almost like he's not human. He is, but he's not. Well, if you're thinking that today, then I want you to turn to, you to, turn to James chapter 5. James chapter 5, verses 17 and 18, and this is what it says. Elijah was as human as we are. Elijah was as human as we are. And yet, when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. And then he prayed again, the sky sent down rain, And the earth began to yield its crops. This is our problem so often with people in the Old Testament, even people in the New Testament, Bible characters. We hear them in Sunday school. We we, we see some some badly made movie about them or or, or we we hear about them in church. And, And so often we can't relate to them because we don't think they're real. We think they're like some sort of superheroes. But in truth, They are as human as you and I. They were not special. They were not in a Marvel comic book or a DC comic book. They were not on a movie screen. They were real people who lived real lives. Actually, as you read through Elijah's life, it's easy to spot that he suffered and doubted just like you and I suffer and doubt. There were times that he doubted God, that God couldn't even come through. And I know you've doubted God in your life before. There's times when he, he suffered and he, he, he went through different emotions. He suffered with the emotion of self-doubt. There were, there were times when depression just came over him like a black cloud. And he was paralyzed and he couldn't move or do anything. The fact is, Elijah was not extra, extraordinary. He was not an extraordinary person. He was human, just like you and me. However, he was an ordinary man with extraordinary faith. 
And you can pray the prayers that Elijah prayed. And you can see God move in the ways that Elijah saw God move. Because you are an ordinary person who has the potential and the ability to have extraordinary faith. You can pray like Elijah and see the results that Elijah saw. So, through just this encounter on the mountaintop that we just read a moment ago in 1 Kings 18, I just want to quickly, very quickly this morning, just go through four things of faith, four, four examples of faith that, that I believe showed why Elijah saw God do some things. And the first one is this. There was a statement of faith. A statement of faith. Now, the word faith can have such broad meanings. It can mean so many different things, but a basic, very basic definition of faith is this. To have complete trust in something or someone. Complete trust in something or someone. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 tells us this. That without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And in the church world, we we make faith at times such this complicated thing. But the reality is, if you want to take a basic definition of faith, faith is to have complete trust in something or something. And so faith is this. Faith is trusting in God. It is completely trusting in God. Completely trusting in God. And this is what I find in life. Sometimes when you're, you are at your wit's end, it's easier to have faith than when things are just looking rocky. I think about my life. When money is low, it's hard to completely trust in God. But if I've got nothing and I'm totally broken, I'm starving... All I've got is to completely trust in God. So it's easier to trust in God. If you've got nothing, then it's just easy to trust in God and believe in God. But if you've got something, then it's harder. And I've noticed that in my life, when things have got really hard, I've trusted in God more when things are just a little rocky. Because I know there's nothing else. I have to completely trust in God. And as we look at Elijah's life, and we see what happened In this moment on the mountaintop, we see that Elijah's prayer is birthed in a statement of faith. 1 Kings 18 verse 41 says this. It says, Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go get something to eat and drink, for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. Elijah makes this big, bold, audacious statement. Think about it. It has not rained for three and a half years. There's not a cloud in the sky. The skies are clear. The the ground is withered and it's parched and it's dry. And Elijah says this. There may be a drop of rain later on today. No, he didn't say that. He makes this big, bold, audacious statement. And he says, hey, Ahab, you better get ready. Go eat and drink because I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. They say seeing is believing, right? And often in church, we, we, we say, well, that's not right. That, you can't see to believe. You've got to have faith. But I actually agree with that. I agree seeing is believing. 
You have to see it before you can believe it. And this is what happened with Elijah. Elijah could vision the rain even before he prayed for it. He could see the mighty rainstorm coming even before he started to pray for the rain. And notice he didn't keep his vision to himself. He shared it with the king of the nation. He puts his reputation on the line. He put his integrity on the line. And he says, Ahab, go get ready for God is going to send a rainstorm. I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. And I think sometimes we have to vocalize what we see or what we hear. Let me ask you in your prayer right now and what you want God to do or what you're believing God to do in the future. Can you see it? Can you see the answer to prayer? Can you envision the day when God answers that prayer? Maybe it's for God to bring you a spouse. Can you see that wedding day? Maybe it's for God to mend your marriage. Can you see that perfect marriage in harmony? Maybe it's for God to bring your prodigal children back home. Can, Can you see that moment where your children are worshiping God in church? Maybe it's for financial freedom. Can you see that moment where there's no more debt and, and the chains of debt are just, uh, are just broken off you and now you can be generous and you can do whatever you want? Can you see that moment when that healing has come? See, sometimes I think we have to see it before we pray for it. And this is what I know in, in life. If you can't see it, it's going to be very difficult to pray for it. If you can't see it, it's going to be very difficult to pray for it. Now, going back to faith, faith is completely trusted in God. This is what I know, and this is why it's so hard to live a life completely trusted in God, because some of us have some major trust issues. And it's not to do with God, it's just you have trust issues. Some of us, you can't even trust your spouse, or you can't trust your children. Or you can't even trust yourself. And so you live this life where you have trust issues and you can't trust in other people. And so then how can you, if you can't trust in people that you can see, how can you trust in the almighty deity that you cannot see? And that's the problem for so many of us. We want to step out in faith, but we have these trust issues. But faith is this. It's not just trusting in God or hoping that one day God will come through. It is completely trusting in God, saying, okay, God, you have got it. And this is what Elijah did with this statement of faith. So faith starts with a statement. If you can't see it, it's going to be hard to pray for it. But then as we read through the story, we also see now not only a statement of faith, but we now see a posture of faith. The posture of faith. See what what it says. Elijah says, Ahab, go eat and drink. I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. Then the Bible tells us in 1 Kings 18, 42, it says that Elijah then climbed up on the mountain. He got on his knees and he put his face to the ground, put his face between his knees and he started to pray. While everybody else went to eat and get on with their lives, Elijah got to work. Notice I said he got to work. Because prayer is work. Prayer isn't easy. It's not like the song, say a little prayer for me and everything's good. Prayer is hard work. It is tough. 
especially when you are believing God for big, bold, audacious asks in prayer. They are work, and we need to view them like work. Think about your work right now. Think about tomorrow morning. Some of you, you're going to get to work, and this week you are going to come across a problem that you may not know how to fix, something that's going to feel... It's going to be tough, and you're going to have to problem solve, and you're not going to feel like you want to do it, but you don't just stop. You actually continue to do it. You have to solve the problem, otherwise you're going to lose your job. You're going to have to continue working. You know, you get there tomorrow morning, and, it, and it's like 9.30, and you're already out of breath, and you're on your third coffee, and you're like, I just want to go home. You can't. If you want to get fired, you could. And so often, if we approach our prayer life like we do our work life, it involves planning, it involves concentrating, it involves problem solving, it often involves sweating, it involves diligence, and it involves perseverance. I think if we approach prayer more like a project than doing something on a whim, we would get incredible results. And this is what Elijah did. He was like, okay, I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. I see it. The rain is coming. Now I've got to get to work. Everybody else can get on with what they want to do, but I got to get to work. Notice the posture of his prayer. He got away from the noise. He got away from the distractions. He closed the office door for he had work to get done. And that work was meaning I got business with God right now. It was a total act of surrender. Notice that, that he got on his knees before God. He didn't just come in this, this, this just average way and saying, hey, God, send the rain, send the rain, God. No, he got on his knees before God in an act of surrender. And, and he shows us here when we approach the throne of God. The Bible says in Hebrews, it says to, approach, to, to, to come boldly before the throne of God. So we come with these bold, big asks before God. But notice what Elijah did. He came in an act of respectfulness. And reverence to God. For even though he had faith that God could do it, he understood that there's a way of approaching God, and that is with reverence to God. There was a posture of prayer. So he had the statement of faith I hear a sound of a mighty rainstorm. Then the posture I got on my knees and started to pray before God. And then we see, as we read the story a little further, the perseverance of faith. The perseverance of faith. Elijah's determined. What he saw, what he heard, he believed would happen. And he held on to this until he saw his breakthrough. So let's read verse 43 of 1 Kings 18. It says this. Then he said to his servant, go and look out to the sea. The servant went and looked and he returned to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything. Seven times Elijah told him to go and look. Seven times. Notice this. Elijah was not the one who went to look. Elijah was the man in prayer. He sent his servant to go look. Elijah was in the moment. Elijah had momentum in prayer. He knew once he stopped, it would be very hard to start again. This is what I know. I, I love to play golf. And one of the first lessons I ever, heard, I, I ever learned playing golf was this. Never follow your golf shot. Meaning this, this is a little extra this morning for those who play golf. When you swing and you hit the golf ball, don't immediately watch the golf ball and see where it lands because you won't hit it very well because often our head goes up before we even hit the golf ball. 
So what you do is you keep your head down, you hit the golf ball, and then wait a couple of seconds until the round of applause and the ball's in the hole or whatever. Or, you know, or then you can look and see where the ball landed. And this is the idea of what Elijah did, was having his servant to go look out to sea and report on the weather conditions. And his servant kept coming back, no, I don't see anything. I don't see anything. So this is what I know. Faith isn't just about believing through your mouth and saying the right things. It's also believing through your sweat and tears. And this is what I've seen so many people. They're like, well, faith, you just have to declare it and say it and say it. And then they stop there. But faith isn't that. Faith is about believing with your mouth and believing with your sweat and your tears. If you really believe God is going to do what you believe God is going to do, then you will stay on your knees until God is going to do it because that is true faith. That is completely trusting in God. Faith always requires perseverance. I wonder how many of us would have given up on the fifth or sixth time. The report came back, no, skies are still clear, no rain. I'd have been like, forget this, let's go get a cup of tea. Maybe we'll revisit it later. But not Elijah. Elijah was ready to go all night. He meant business. He was like, we're here. We're going to pull it all night if we have to. We're here to work because what I saw, what I heard, I believe God is going to do. And so I'm going to persevere it. I wonder how many times in my life alone I've missed out on my miracle just because I didn't persevere long enough. Just because it got a little too hard and I wanted to give up. I hit the wall and I wanted to give up. This is what I know about working out or doing sports or anything athletic. There will come a moment and it's normally about five or ten minutes in when you're just like, I can't do this anymore and you just want to give up. But if you get through that moment and break through that wall, then it feels like you could just go all day, right? Well, not quite all day. And that's the same with prayer. So Elijah made this statement of faith. I hear a mighty rainstorm. There was the posture of faith where he knelt before God. Then there was a perseverance. Go again, go again. Keep telling me if you can see anything. And then finally, there was the act of faith. The act of faith. The ultimate test of faith is what happens when you see a glimpse of God through your bold, big, audacious prayers. Do you wait and say, I want more of a confirmation, God? Or do you say, that's it. Let's go. Let's go and let's act on what we're seeing God do. This is what it says in 1 Kings 18, 44. Finally, the seventh time his servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. Then Elijah shouted, hurry to Ahab and tell him, climb into your chariot and go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. As soon as the sky was black with clouds, a heavy wind brought terrific, a terrific rainstorm and Ahab left quickly for Jezreel. And then this is where the crazy thing comes in. So we're saying Elijah's human. This is very unhuman. Then the Lord gave Elijah special strength. He tucked his cloak into his belt and ran ahead of Ahab's chariot all the way to the entrance of Jezreel. So he ran faster than Usain Bolt. Usain Bolt is not the 100-meter world record champion. It's Elijah. I don't understand that one. 
But as soon as Elijah heard that there was a cloud as small as a man's hand in the distance rising out of the sea, he acted. What he saw when he told Ahab, go eat and drink, I hear a mighty rainstorm. What he heard and what he saw in making that statement of faith was starting to take place. And this is why it's so important to dream. Why it's so important to get a glimpse of what you think God is going to do in the future. Because when you start to see it, you can act immediately. Elijah didn't wait for the rain. Notice Elijah didn't say, Okay, now it's raining, let's go. All Elijah needed was a glimpse of God, a small cloud. And this is what I know. The person of faith begins moving before anyone else because they see the miracle before anyone else. The person of faith begins moving before anyone else because they see the miracle before anyone else. Any of us would have seen, oh, that's just a small cloud. That's nothing. But Elijah was like, no, that's God. And then suddenly the skies turned black and the rain came down. And it wasn't just a little bit of rain. It was a mighty rainstorm as Elijah saw. And this man, Elijah, he teaches us that prayer and faith work together hand in hand. Faith is trusting in God, seeing when no one else can see, believing when there is nothing tangible to believe. This is what James chapter 5 has to say. James chapter 5 verse 13. Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer that is offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Then he says this, confess your sins to each other, And pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Elijah was as human as we are. And yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield crops. The prayer of faith. It's not just saying it. It's believing it. It's sweating it. It's working it. Seeing God do amazing things. See, it is by faith that big, bold, audacious requests to God are answered. But it is in the strong, deep, persistent prayers of those who desire to be faithful to God. That faith is made. And if you're struggling with trust issues with God right now, it's time to get on our knees and pray. For it is in prayer that faith is made. And then when prayer and faith collide together, the Bible tells us in James, wonderful results happen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Just before we close today, Some of you, you've got some big, bold, audacious prayers that you've offered up to God and you've asked for God. 
I remember for my wife and myself, for seven years, we prayed a big, bold, audacious prayer for a child in the midst of infertility. And trust me, there were so many times we gave up. There was times that we went to try to do our own thing, not believing God would come through. But this is what I know when you persevere and you believe long enough, God will come through. And some of you right now, you've, you're struggling maybe in your marriage or you're struggling in your health or you're struggling with your kids or you're struggling in your finances or you're struggling in your emotions. Some of you got a cloud of, of depression and anxiety and fear that's just following you around right now. And right now, while your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, this is what I want you to do. I want you to start to picture the day that God answers your prayer. I want you to start hearing the mighty rainstorm that's coming. And believe in faith what you've prayed and believe that God will come through. I see a day where this church is not just impacting Bel Air and Harford County. But this church, people are being sent out all over the world. And we are impacting India and China and Japan and Iran and Iraq and Syria and South Africa and Nigeria and Zimbabwe and Tanzania and Colombia, and Nicaragua, and El Salvador, and Brazil, and Mexico, and France, and Spain, and Germany. And I tell you, I can see it. I can see the day. And we're not there yet, but it's time to get on my knees and pray that through. And for you right now, whatever you see that God is, you're desiring God to do, keep that picture in your mind and let that be your prayer. And so as I pray today, we're going to start believing and go on this journey together. And even if it means praying seven times, we're going to believe God for these big, bold, audacious prayer requests. So Father God.